Hello everyone and welcome to our second podcast in our series called Be Listening. So for this one, uh, seeing as it's near to Christmas and it's panto season, we thought we'd talk to uh, a couple of show callers who are busy at this time of year in theatre as well as in live events. And we wanted to get their views on live events versus virtual live events. So I'm joined today by uh, Bryony Allen and Dewi Wynn. Uh, they're both professional show callers. So, Bryony, let me come to you first. Um, thanks for joining us. And introduce yourself, if you wouldn't mind, and just tell us how you uh, got to become a show caller. Sure. Hello, I'm Bryony. Um, uh, uh, my sister was always wanting to be an actress right from um, the day dot and was desperate to try and get me on stage and that just was not going to happen so I ended up sort of uh, bossing her around from the wings so to speak and that led me into um, looking into uh, doing it professionally really as I sort of worked through school I ended up going to drama school to Guildhall School of Music and Drama which is where I met Dewey and uh, from there um, went into theatre straight away and really have been in theatre until the last couple of years um, when uh, Dewey tempted me across to the event side. And uh, so, so now I sort of mix and match with the two. Great. So um, what sort of theatrical shows are you involved with? Well, uh, I'm show caller on Wicked at the moment. Um, uh, and I've done uh, Love Never Dies, uh, I Can't Sing. Um, lots of shows that tend to close. Um, I have been known as the closer. So any shows that don't last very long tend to be mine. <laughs> Um, but hopefully I won't close Wicked again. I did close it for COVID, but hopefully not again. Okay, <laughs> cool. So Dewey, Brian, he says you've got a lot to answer for. So perhaps you better introduce yourself and tell us how uh, you got into this. Hello. Um, yes, I got into it uh, growing up in Wales, having quite a lot of drama and the Estethvods and performing. And then I can remember a school show and I was watching one of our teachers operating the lighting and kind of thought, oh, that looks interesting. So I looked into doing that and ended up at uh, Guildhall not doing lighting. I, by this point, uh, enjoyed stage management. And then, yeah, kind of left college and um, worked around the West End, did various shows uh, and somehow fell into events through uh, from my first job, which was at the Millennium Dome and met a few people there who took me to go and do various stadium shows, uh, opening ceremonies uh, for Olympics and things like that. And just kind of fell into the corporate world, really, of um, stage managing various things and ended up show calling quite a, a bit from there and using my experience from stage management. So just for, for, the, for anybody listening at the moment, just uh, tell us what a show caller is. And I know it's been unkindly referred to by the people <laughs> who will remain nameless as professional reader outers. But <laughs> apart from that, what's involved? Uh, so what do you help to do? Are well, you taking this one, Dewey, or me? Go on, I'll take it, go on. <laughs> you, you correct me if I'm wrong, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, we're given a script and, um, or a running order of some, some kind and uh, basically, we tell everybody what to do from that. So uh, if some, certain things are meant to happen at certain points in the script, we ask various departments to 
do them, I suppose, is the best way of doing it, Cipriani. Would you agree with that? Yes, I think so. I mean, we say go several hundred yes. times in the show. Um, yeah, I think any any cue that happens, generally, whether people are competent at doing it themselves or not, we tell them to do it in any case, so that everything works together um, for, for the best possible show, really. So what would you say, in your opinion, are the main challenges of show calling a virtual event to a live event or performance and, and perhaps which do you prefer? So we'll stick with you, Bryony, on that one. I think they are very different, both live and virtual. I think virtual, you've got the problems of you're not in the room, you can't gauge the room, you don't know how the audience are feeling. Um, but in live theatre, I think more can go wrong with live. I don't know, not necessarily, might disagree. I mean, you're reliant on, um, certainly with virtual, you're, you are reliant a bit on the speaker's technical side as well you know, their internet um, connection and them pressing mute or not. Um, whereas you haven't got so many technicians in live theatre, you've got more technicians that could potentially fix the problem there and then. I don't know, what do you think, Bill? Yeah, I agree with you there. It's, um, with, with the live event, like you say, you read the room and, and feel a lot more of the event. Whereas on the uh, virtual, you, it's, it's quite... Um, well, on my side, I feel it's quite cold with, uh, as a stage manager or show caller. Um, you kind of, you just go almost by doing it by numbers and just letting it happen and try and add something to it. But there's no real, you, you don't get any feedback. Mm, right. Yeah, definitely. And um, what advice then would you give to event organisers when they put their show together uh, or they put a brief together for running a show? Um, from your point of view, um, and what sort of information gets missed most often in your experience? So, Dewi, we'll stick with you on that one. Um, if there is a script, um, I well, I found, find that it's help, more helpful to have things written down and a script. Um, that people don't have to stick to it too much, but um, at least the cue points need to be there. So, if if someone's finished speaking. Um, we know when to move away from them or anything like that. So that's kind of one thing I, I personally enjoy having when you, you get the uh, running order. I don't know about you, Bri. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, when when running orders are being put together, you know, just making it clear what they want to see, especially mm -hmm. at a virtual event. And, yes. And sometimes simpler is better um, rather than overcomplicating it and it being messy. Sometimes, yeah, simpler is better. Excellent. And, and of course, our mantra to clients in uh, for any event, either, you know, in person or virtual is always rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Um, but of course, as we know, anything can happen. So as show callers, you must have experienced a few heart stopping moments over the years. So any uh, stories that you can share with us, that you can share. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, let's go to you first. Yes. Well, I mean, certainly it, things go wrong in theatre all the time because obviously it's live. And even though we do the same show every night, um, something is always going wrong. I mean, Wicked last week, um, I had to run on stage and take Elphaba off because we had a monkey stuck up in the air. <laughs> so things like that. A real um, one? Um, well, <laughs> one dressed as well. <laughs> oh, okay. That happens yeah. on every show, surely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Monkeys stuck in the air. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's certainly on on virtual events, for example, we had someone who suddenly angled their camera down and his, um, his flies were open and there was no way of getting a message to So there's all sorts of things like that. But, um, You've got more stories than me, Brian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I sort of 
sort of liken it to a, a crash in the road in front of you. You have to navigate around it as best you can. Yes. <laughs> Dewey, how about yourself? I can't I honestly think of anything at the moment that um, I could actually repeat. About <laughs> <one>. <laughs> well, you can, always, you can always say it and I can edit it. <laughs> and, uh, no, best not, I think. <laughs> I, might, I might get in trouble. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, confidentiality is always a, a yes. big thing we're supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> keep quiet about certain things. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thanks for sharing those with us. Just one final question then. So this month at Broadsword, we've been asking everybody to share their Christmas traditions. So everything from films they watch to recipes that they use, uh, family recipes. Do you have any traditions that um, that you have uh, for it to feel like Christmas, so Dewey first. Um, I think it was the advent calendar and chocolates is my major one. Yeah. Getting through through till Christmas and counting down the days from the last job to get to Christmas with the <laughs> advent calendar. And so do you, do you give yourself cues? So like day five, go. Yep, pretty <laughs> yeah. much every yeah. morning. Get up, have my uh, Lind chocolate. That's <laughs> <laughs> posh. I know. I brought Very. it with me as well to the hotel. <laughs> Very good. Bryony, what about yourself? Uh, I think it's Christmas morning, you know, all of the presents uh, for the kids have to be opened um, in bed. We all pile into bed. Whoever, we're all together, however many families, we're all just pile onto one bed and wrapping paper everywhere. Sounds like completely <laughs> not organised. Not at all. Oh. It was heavenly. <laughs> Very good. Home lives are never organised. More organised at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks ever so much, both of you, for joining us. I know you're very busy at this time of year, so thanks very much for your time. And thank you all for listening. Just remains to say, have a fantastic Christmas festive season, and we'll be back with another podcast in the new year. Yeah.